Good morning, afternoon, early evening, or late evening, even the overnighters. It's the Rook here. We've got a best of Garage Logic for August 16th, 2019. And we're going to go back to March of 2006, when featured in the Star Tribune was a gardening article uh, where a couple of gay gardeners uh, enjoyed gardening. And Joe saw the article, and then eventually we talked to the gentleman. Enjoy this best of Garage Logic podcast. Of course, brought to you by Aquaside. If you want a weed free beach, get in touch with Aquaside. And Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, which can help you with all of your summer, fall, winter, and spring needs. Just do me a favor and don't forget to tell them that uh, the Rooks say from Garage Logic. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you this Garage Logic podcast best of. I'd give you the uh, record temperatures, but I'm out of the I'm out of the room today. And those record temperatures, of course, are brought to you by Aquaside, keeping your beach free of weeds. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Suchere. What's this from the Minnesota House of Representatives? Press release from State Representative, State Representative, State Representative. State Representative Phyllis Kahn will teach a class this spring on a style of gardening she created for people like herself. Those with a strong interest in gardening but without time to offer adequate amounts of TLC to their delicate plants. She also coined a phrase for her unique gardening style, thug gardening. If you're not a tough plant, you're not going to make it in this garden. I do a little bit of moving around to help things along, but you got to be tough. If you need a lot of care, you're not going to survive. I look for plants and vegetables that can withstand a pretty good dose of neglect. The plants I focus on are like the thugs that move in and take over the neighborhood. What is this screwball babbling about now? Representative Kahn will pass along gardening tips gleaned from decades of study and experience and will provide seed and plant samples for the class to take home. Despite its tough character, the Khan Garden has received two Blooming Boulevard Awards, the Garden of Merit, from the Neighborhood Environment Committee of the Minneapolis Committee on Urban Environment. Jeez, that's, I don't want to be in that group. The one-evening class, which Khan has taught for the past seven years, will be offered at Roosevelt High School on Wednesday, May 4. Representative Khan is volunteering her time, and the cost of the class will go directly to the school. She's a thug gardener. She's a thug gardener. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that's what she calls herself. Well, you know I love gardening news. Listen, you thug 
Gardner. Oh, you love gardening. I love you? gardening. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes. What a happy you like sound. A lot. That's beautiful. Okay. Hang on, though. All right. Home and garden. Home and garden. Take green grasses and the shrubs are thriving. Whoops. If you like those flowers, the backyard is where you'll spend your hours. Well, <clears throat> the Star Tribune has another featured garden today. I uh, I did see it, and they're right. It's a beautiful garden. Okay. It's another gay couple. Yes. The, uh, can I tell you, before I even look for the pictures of the garden... Which are gorgeous. That's what I looked for. Gorgeous. What, you did? What I, now? I looked exactly to see... Whose garden it was. Me too. Before I even jumped into the story, I wanted it's, to find uh, It's uh, a bear and philister. But here, here's my only question. Yes. <clears throat> How do they get those shrubs so level? No, no. no. Uh, now, they note, the, the, the Star Tribune notes this in today's story. And make no mistake, all you euphorians listening in newsrooms... I think I, this is this this garden is. They get better each each special friends they find mm-hmm. have a better garden than the guys last week. <clears throat> this is unbelievable what these guys do, and this is another one where they'd invite you to see it. Yeah, come on over and take a look. I'm going to. Shall we go together? I'd like to. Will we have marmalade for breakfast? Home and garden, home and garden. Whoops. Home and garden, home and garden. Take grasses and the shrubs are thriving. If you like those flowers, the backyard is where you'll spend your hours. Now, the Star Tribune notes this in today's story. Yes. This is the fourth in our continuing series of garden profiles, which were selected in our annual Beautiful Gardens Contest. Early each spring, we invite readers to nominate their favorite private gardens. Thanks to you, we receive more than 100 entries. During the summer, home and garden staff visited the winning gardeners. We'll feature their stories throughout the winter. And I'm serious when I say I've loved this feature. Seriously. It's, yeah, they'd it's, love to have a nice garden. Well, in the dead of winter, these are appealing pictures. They're heartwarming and all that. Why is it always gay winners? I'm not. This that. is not hyperbole. You had the the guys up in Chisago, right? The then, shed guys. Then you had the guys down in uh, Mount Sweden or what the off hell? The, uh, up from the lake or uh, down in Lake City yeah. across lake the Pepin. Lake Pepin. And there was another couple I'm forgetting. Who was the guys with? The, were those the guys with the nice shed? No, so the, the guys with the shed were the Chisago guys. Okay. Okay. 
Then right. the guys in Lake City were the uh, has the uh, the white the they old, had the old house right. deal, you know, right. bing bang boom. Mm-hmm. Now these guys are South Minneapolis. Now we're, we're getting a little now better. now now are we are the readers offered this explanation as a note of it's, it's almost as though the paper is saying uh, we can't help it if it's just gay gardeners that turn out for this contest. That's our readers. Our readers are nominating the uh, right are, are are nominating the gardens. Who are these guys now? Uh, I think these are only first name guys. The guy's name is Bear. Oh, Ted Bear. Ted Bear. Yeah, and the other... Uh, and people have tried to hire this guy. Philister is the guy's name. People have tried to hire this guy because they go by the house and they see him working in the garden and he finally has to inform people that I own this. I live right, here. this is my life. This is my... This is my shit. <laughs> right, yeah. This is my house. That's exactly what he says. Loud and proud, baby. This is my house. Loud and proud, baby. So Ted and his partner, Harvey Philister, mm-hmm. are the uh, authors, are the uh, the brains behind this garden. And it's unbelievable. It's just unbleeping believable. We got ponds. We got, I mean, we got everything. Statues. Most days, uh, Ted is in there uh, from dawn to dusk because he's a retired, uh, I think he's a retired hairdresser. Okay. He looks pretty young to be retired. Mm-hmm. Well, business was good. He's in there. He's shaping the boxwood shrubs in the knot garden, K-N-O-T. Oh, not in the knot garden. <laughs> not not noggin. What the hell does that mean? Most days he's there from dawn to dusk, shaping the boxwood shrubs in the knot garden, making room for the latest hosta variety, rebuilding one of the ponds to make it bigger, better, deeper. But there's another reason that Bear is loyal to his garden. It's his. See, he's often mistaken right. for the for the work. The hired help. Right. Even before he and his partner, partner Harvey Philister had closed on the stately South Minneapolis Tudor, Bear claimed the garden. He sketched a plan for the sellers, who, though taken aback by its scope, agreed to let him dig in. Apparently, that means that before these guys got to take ownership, I guess old Teddy was over there going to work, rooting him. around in the garden. Within weeks, many of the trees had been removed, and the front yard was piled high with black dirt and stacked with 14 tons of Chilton stone. I don't know what that is. Over the past 10 years, Bear has transformed the small, oddly shaped lot into a masterpiece of a garden that wraps around the house and spills out onto the boulevard. Well, of course, they never say where these are, and we wouldn't either if we knew. No. But what? I can't picture this. The one in Lake City would be easy to find because it's such a small area. I have no idea where this one is in South Minneapolis. But you'd... You couldn't help but recognize it if you drove by. Right. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Where's the other? Where's yeah, it is a nice dish. I mean, you look at that uh, fence in front with the beautiful shrubbery. From the meticulously trimmed cotton Easter hedges in the front. Yes. The, excuse me? Yes, of course. Yes. To English. the to the gently curving pathways in the back, Bear has created a welcoming plant-packed yard 
that moves seamlessly for a, from a formal... These guys are big on your formal English gardens. What's that whole deal about? So give me some tulips. Is it a tea, and, thing? Uh, is it right, a tea deal? That moves seamlessly from a formal English garden to an Italian fountain to a Japanese-inspired koi pond. The dis- disparate, disparate influences and wide range of plants work so well together in part because Bear emphasizes... I get a feeling Bear is your go-to guy here. The other guy, I think... You know, he walks. Around. He's like me. Right. He just wants to go and have the cocktail in the. He's in happy the, to show everybody. You know, he's I'll still working. He's still working. He wants. To, he he could not. He probably doesn't have to work, but he just soon work, so he doesn't have to hang around all day and get you know, do the work. He's out there, uh, bears out there till dusk. Bear emphasizes foliage contrasting texture in a green on green color theme instead of focusing on flowers. But you know why? Mm. Because a green textured garden is 100, per, 100 times more peaceful than a perennial garden. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Mm. Like many gardeners, a bear talks of his garden having distinct rooms. I can't, um, I see, I, I am, I, I, no, I envy this and I'll tell you why again. I can't imagine the time this must take. I've told you before, I want one of these, but I don't want to do it. Plus, Redo it every single year but this after is, winter. This becomes this becomes your life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, 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 so the garden has rooms. Every room you go through changes, and there are changes in the hardscape. Hardscape. There's another new word. Uh, but it flows. He says it's not cut up so much that it looks like a miniature golf course. Bear designed and built the garden as if it were a house. Starting in the isn't are there is there a man and wife though who could enter this contest and win or would the garden just look like crap? The garden would look like crap because they'd end up fighting and one would go <laughs> off in a hop. And say, hey, you, you know what? You do it. Hey, you know what? Deep I'm done. You right. de- let's see you do it. You were in the hostas. Did you put? Did you get hostas? I gotta go back and get hostas. He designed and built the garden as if it were a house. Starting in the backyard, he planted a wall of techni arborvitae then laid pathways to, de- to delineate each room. Since then, he's been rebuilding the walls and replanting the room so you can get inside the garden. From the beginning, Bear had an idea of what it should look like. Still, he claims he's not a buy-the-plan gardener. He buys what he likes. Plants where there's room and has no qualms about moving or ditching plants. Sure, sure, I love my plants, he says, but I lose stuff. That's just an opportunity to plant something new. I don't know you could ditch plants. And now here's where Philister comes in. Yeah. Harvey. Because he hasn't done a damn thing yet. No, he's just showing the the garden to people that come by. He gets his picture in the paper. He hasn't done anything. (laughs) So Harvey says he's ready with something new. Though he says his role in the garden is limited. He's a grunt laborer, is what Harvey says. (laughs) The self-described obsessive-compulsive plant collector has helped shape the garden. His love affair with hostas resulted in the addition of more than 350 varieties and it's Harvey who researches and tracks the newest intersectional peony, the most exotic-looking dwarf conifer, the rarest kind of koi. Oh. Is there something going on out there we don't know anything about? Yeah. Philister owns and operates multiple housing units. He describes their division of garden labor this way. I'll say I'm having a tree delivered today, and then Ted, Bear, says, well, what do you want me to do with it? And then I'll say, I don't know, that's not my problem. Teddy bear? So Harvey, Harvey 
sounds like the banker. Yeah. You say, is a tree showing up today? And the other guy's the artistic guy. Right. Just, you know. That's your problem. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Bear, who inherited his love of gardening from his parents, uh, revels in the challenge. He's an art major, retired hairstylist, never shies away from trying a new plant or mastering a new technique, including topiary, S, some word I can't say, and bonsai. My art is the garden. For me, it's like living sculpture. Philister's inveterate collecting and Bear's innate skill are evident in the garden, and their joy in what they've created is so real, so close to the surface, it's almost childlike. Crossing the stepping stones that span a stream, Philister laughs and says he's walking on water, you know, home and garden, you know. At the edge of the pond, a bear stops to point out a koi. This is Madam. Just look at her. So he's named the plant, apparently. Then splashes a massive lotus leaf to it to show how it holds the glistening beads of water. All right. And they share this. If you stop by, it sounds like these guys would let you see it. I think so. If you have things and can't share the beauty, the joy, the excitement, what good is it, said Philister, the, jo the joy of sharing is really what it's about. That's why they've included the garden in several tours and often open it to friends, neighbors, even passers-by who stop to admire it or ask advice. Uh, I suppose if you could figure out where they live, they'd let you see it. Dave? Hi. Hi. I uh, just got really no big secret why most of these uh, winners are gay. They have time. They have time. They don't have kids. Yeah. Uh, the kids that wreck the garden, the yard, you know, are the kids that take your time. And they tend to have a little more money because they got two incomes and no kids. Yeah. All right. Not having kids, good uh, child labor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Jim, what's Chilton Stone? Chilton stone is a is a type of stone that's quarried in Chilton, Wisconsin. Huh. It's actually a flat, stackable type stone that you see a lot in landscaping where the retaining walls are, or or like you're talking the water gardens and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just real easy to stack because it's such a flat stone. All right. That's the thin stuff. Yeah, it's it comes it splits out a lot like slate does, but it's uh it comes in different colors like uh all the way from a gray almost to a pink color. Oh. All right, thank you. But it's very decorative. All right. There's got to be. There's got to be. Just statistically, wouldn't you occasionally have a garden that, say, uh, a couple of grandmothers had done? Well, why is it always two gay guys? I've not seen the Lesbo Garden. Okay, but hang on. There's a difference here, though. Where's the Lesbo Garden? <laughs> Your grandmas, uh -huh. they had a little plot in the back where they got roses, tulips, and some string beans on this, a this is This is a... This is a labor of love. This is family. a lifestyle. Yeah. This is a... 24-7. Uh, an architectural uh, masterpiece in every story they've had about these things. Mm-hmm. The Mrs. Grenhoffers, who was our neighbor who had the big garden, they got beautiful garden, and they loved the roses, and they loved the rhododendrons and all that other stuff, but it's just a little spot. See, you know what? You couldn't hire them to do this because what they've done reflects 
how they feel about the property. They couldn't come to your house and do it. Right. What they tell you is you got to do your own. That's why I don't have one. Out at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61, Spencer is uh, doing slider patties now, including bacon and cheddar, cheese curd, regular, and a brat patty. A Why brat do you do patty. This to me? I Why know, do you makes do you this hungry. A makes you hungry. Patty. Have you tried one yet? This is the Garage Logic meat capital of the world, right there at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Your grilling brackets are underway with those 130 different brat flavors. There are also beef brats, chicken brats, jerky, beef tri tip roasts. Oh. Homemade pastrami, I want hickory the... smoked salmon. Yep, don't forget about the fish. They got great seafood. It's become a GL clubhouse. Uh, GLers are meeting each other at Grunhofer's. It's easy to find right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it because I think they got GL on that big signboard on yes. front. Yes, right. Yeah, you cannot miss the big. Still red Still advertising the rookie burger. It better be. All right, it's a fantastic. Take uh, take advantage of the fact that we have the best meat market in all of the world right here in our own area. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61, just immediately at the north end of Hugo or Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market dot com. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you this Garage Logic podcast best of. I'd give you the uh, record temperatures, but I'm out of the I'm out of the room today. And those record temperatures, of course, are brought to you by Aquaside, keeping your beach free of weeds. Take it down, Marilyn. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you, Joe? Good. Good. Just wanted to tell you that I've personally been to those gardens um, at uh, Ted Bears. They're as, wonderful. They're beautiful. Is it as neat as it looks? Absolutely. Don't tell me where it is, but let me take a stab at just the general area. Sure. Is it Linden Hills? No. Is it Lake Harriet? Yes. All right. Yes. Kind of, kind of mini haha creekish. No. Just Lake Harriet um, area. That's yeah. all. We don't want to tell where they live. No, and, and and I don't know the exact address. My son used to work for the company that took care of the ponds. Oh yeah. And so he helped them um, with with the ponds and the fish in those ponds. So the koi there is the big the big huge goldfish. Oh yeah. What do they, they do with there. them in the winter? They're so the when I knew about it. The the water is deep enough so that um, he can keep them out there in the wintertime. Sheesh. Yeah. The guy's got his own lake. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's beautiful. It must be a full-time job. It is, and I think that's – he is retired from the hair business, which is why he spends so much time. I mean, yeah. he just – and they're very gracious about showing them. All right, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Bye. All right, we're going on the tour. Seriously. You, no, you, me, Pat, and Kenny. Let's go. We're good. I'm serious. Yeah. I, you're in charge. Find out wh- wh- charge. where it is, okay. where, where the tour is. Pete, are you calling live from Camp Shelby? Yes, we are live from Camp Shelby right now. Are you eating the good food yet? We uh, we just got done serving 7,640 steaks. Holy smokes. Yes. Pete, who are you with? Right now, I'm with uh, I'm with Skinner's Pub. 
And then we have uh, a contingency of about 50, 60 uh, volunteers down here. And it worked out as well as everybody hoped? It worked out without a, without anything. It was perfect. You know, everyone was happy. No lines were that long, and everything went well. Who was the grill master, Pat Mancini? The grill master was actually Johnny Mancini. Johnny Mancini? Yep, and we had uh, Nick Jr. and uh, Pat's kid for the uh, Mancini crew down here, and we had about 40 people or 25 people on the grills. Wonderful. I'm glad it worked out. And you're with Skinner's Pub, Pete? That's correct. Did everybody get enough beer? Uh, they're still drinking all the beer donated by Shells, and uh, we got a lot of 1919 and premium down here. Wonderful. Yeah, it's going well. Well, congratulations and uh, nice job. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Lots of great warm weather ahead, lots of swimming still ahead. If you own a lake home or if you have a pond or the old swimming hole in your property, call my friends at Aquaside. They'll keep your beach free of weeds. They've been maintaining Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, the fish, the water, and your family. There is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. And don't fall for that old-fashioned uh, device where you go down there and hack them away like you're cutting yourself through a jungle. <laughs> Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call Aquaside at one 800 328 9350 or go to aquaside.com shipping is free and they ship right away and the products are completely easy to use so harvey called us yes he did harvey Philister. yep and we're in we can go and see the garden yeah he said stop on by see a gler uh, I don't know. He's got buddies who must be, because yeah. mm-hmm. they were listening to the show. I think we need to scooter over. We're going there. over there on scooters. Right. But well, ask him when that. What's the height of the? Uh, of I, the I I would think that you'd want to see it. Harvey's not the guy to talk to. It's Ted. Harvey's Ted. the finance guy. Harvey's the guy. Ted's the guy that knows and does it. Let me Ted. tell you something. Yeah. I know my gardens. Harvey will probably bring a little cocktail. Now, let me tell you something. Yeah. Don't we want to see it in the height of summer? That's the, that's the first question. When are we coming over? You know, you, I don't want to see it today. No. That's not. That doesn't do any good. Although they got the winter deal going, too. Right, but they'll. Uh, you want to see it at, at the height. We want to see it at the end of June. That's what I'm saying. And what was his name? Teddy Bear? Yeah, Ted Teddy Bear, Bear and Harvey Philister. Uh-huh. Teddy Bear. Uh-huh. Teddy Bear. Get it? Teddy Bear. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bear. We'll talk to him in about 10 Well, why don't you, uh, we are going to talk to him? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. We're oh. going to talk to him on the air? Yes, sir. All right. Who am I joined by? Harvey? Yes. Is this Harvey? It is. You're on the air, sir. You also have Ted. Ted, are you there, too? I am, sir. Uh, we were marveling at your garden. Well, thanks very much. In the Star Tribune. Did you guys see a couple of weeks ago the two guys who have the garden down just sure, off? Jeff and Tom. You guys know them? Yes. Now, did you see a couple of months ago, did you see the two guys up in Chisago that have the garden? We did, but we don't know them. Are you in competition with these people? <laughs> Not at all. Well, you should be. I, I can't. Uh, how much time does this take on a daily basis? One of you two has got to be working on this thing seven days a week. Uh, you know what? This is Ted, and I do. I don't work on it seven days a week because I, I work in the springtime at a garden center a couple days a week, but 
if I'm not there, I'm in the garden. What is, uh, and so Harvey, what are you? What do you just admire it? No, I'm grunt labor. And then you show up with a plant every once I, in a while. I show up with plants, trees, and grunt labor. When's the best time to see your garden? The height of summer? No, no. Um, let me think now. You know what? We have a, uh, a lady slipper collection, and the yellow ones start blooming in April. And then the uh, the pink and white, the state flower ones bloom in May. All right. And I think, well, those are both good times. But then in June, the hostas look the best. And we have, you know, quite a few hostas. So So if the radio crew called you guys and we, and we arranged, and if you were gracious enough to allow us to come out and see it, we could see it? Sure. Oh, man. we got Absolutely. A, so early June, would that sound about right? Yep. That's a great time to, to see it. We'll, uh, we'll scooter I over. I for sure will. And we won't we won't ask you on the air obviously where it is because you don't want uh, bus loads driving by. But have you been down to the Lake Pepin one? Oh yeah, they're friends of ours. They're real good friends of ours. All right. I used to cut hair with one of those guys okay. before I retired. You're too young to be retired. Well, I'm lucky. Yeah. And but so Harvey, you keep you own property, so you keep working. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're going to hang on to your number if it's yeah, all right with you guys. Now. You're locked in. We're going to come over and see it. Do you know what? We would love to have you, very yeah. seriously. The things that would never leave. <laughs> That's what we'll do. do you have beer? You know what? When you come, we'll have beer and we'll have um, munchies. How's uh, that? All right. Very good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Very good right. luck, all guys. All right. We're going over there. I am there for sure. We're going in June. Kenny, you're coming. Yeah, no. Kenny, you're coming. Angie, you're coming. And Patrick and Patrick's coming. Yes, because Patrick will ride in the sidecar. Patrick will with the Kirby Pocket flying helmet on, with the aviator helmet on. Patrick will surprise us too, because I bet he'll probably he'll look at the garden. He'll probably be able to name something. I wouldn't go that far. No, you don't think he can point out a lady slipper maybe. Okay, I dirt bike in a woods. Woods, I guess I should say, where lady slippers grow. Wild, in the wild. That's why it's the state flower. And my mom has made a special point of going through this woods and marking every single lady slipper. She says, if you run one of those over, you're going to have hell to pay. You'd really scare these guys if you showed up on a dirt bike. <laughs> you might you think I could access. jump that koi pond? No, we're not going to do that. We'd be, we'll be on our best behavior. Oh, I will, for sure. All right, keep that handy. Got okay. it. And then we'll do it in June. Are you going to wear your um, clown glasses? Yeah, I will. I'll wear my uh, big uh, goggles my goggles, and we'll speed over there on our scooter. Somebody's got to help me because it's Minneapolis. I'm going to get lost. I can, I can figure out how to get oh, there. I would I, love to join you guys, but I believe I have a thing. In you June. don't know the thing yet. You don't know the date. Something's going on in yeah. June. We're the going. Metropolitan Airports Commission brings you this traffic. Oh, okay. Why well, do they advertise? It's not like there's a choice to go to any other airport. airport. That's true. <laughs> I was thinking about going to All right, let me ask you a question. Do you think we ever made it over there? Mm, no, but I'm going to remind Joe, and I'm sure the boys are still gardening wonderfully, so we'll make it over and we'll have to give a, that was from 2006, we'll have to give a 2019 report. I'm sure the gardens are just bigger and better than ever. This is a Best of Garage Logic podcast, and we will be back right after this. Right now, EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61 is having a back-to-school sale on scooters. 
If you're worried about gas mileage, this is your ticket. University students, high school students, these are scooters produced by Lance and Sim in California. They've been making great scooters since 1968, and Lance and Sim is throwing an additional $100 off the price in addition to what EcoFun has already got these scooters priced. Race Star 49cc, well, the sale price was $12.99. Now make it $11.99. The Cabo 50, the sale price was $18.99. Make it $17.99. Havana Classic 50, $19.99. Make it $18.99. And the Soho 50, the same goes. It was $19.99. Now $18.99. There are uh, multi-colors available. The warranties available. You want 120 miles a gallon? Then get a scooter. <laughs> yes. You can beat the man for about a buck fifty a week. It's just fantastic. The legal age requirement for forty nine cc scooters is fifteen, so yeah. uh, you can uh, you can get in there if your parents approve. And again, a hundred and twenty miles per gallon, so those kids aren't going to be begging you for three bucks to fill up the tank. The engines have one point nine horsepower. That's better than a Prius, and it'll last up to sixty thousand miles. Nice. Honest to God, this is all happening at EcoFun Motorsports. Also, a full line of Yamaha motorcycles, youth ATVs, everything you want. Oh. And the great electric bikes by Bintelli, the yeah. electric assist bike. How's yours doing? When's it last time you Mine's in it? Chicago now. It got taken from me because it was so popular during Love a it. recent visit. Uh, this is EcoFun Motorsports, downtown Forest Lake, uh, and also at EcoFunMotorsports.com. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in January, February, or March and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389. 800-967-3389. As this best of Garage Logic podcast continues, quick reminder that for all of your summer needs, whether it's grill, whether it's pop, whether it's batteries, paint, whatever the case may be, Friday Lone's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores can help you spruce up your garden as well, especially with that last segment. Now we're going to switch gears here. This is one of uh, Joe's favorites and a mystery to all. Bigfoot in Minnesota? Hmm. This is out of Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Now listen carefully. Pay attention, PLers. This is pretty this is pretty exciting. Mysterious prints create speculation. Prints. P-R-I-N-T-S. Not not the singer. Remote six mile lake road in eastern Cass County, just west of Ball Club. I've been in Ball Club. Isn't that a neat name for a town? I like that name for a town. I used to know why it was named Ball Club, and I've forgotten. Hmm. Remote six-mile lake road in eastern Cass County, just west of Ball Club. We could use some of our Bemidji listeners. KKBJ, come on on it. To corroborate this. Okay. 
Remote Six Mile Lake Road in eastern Cass County, just west of Ball Club, experienced more than a normal share of traffic this week as curiosity seekers came in carloads to view the large, mysterious footprints left on the edge of the road. What made the footprints may be anyone's guess, but there are those, such as Bob Olson of Deer River, who believe the prints were made by that creature of popular lore, Sasquatch, or Bigfoot. Right here? Right here. Wildlife biologists, however, is there a date on this? Yeah, this is dated yesterday. This story was yesterday. Okay. Wildlife biologists, however, seem to agree that such creatures live only in myth. No such thing exists, said retired Department of Natural Resources wildlife biologist Jim Schneewise of Grand Rapids. If there were all these big feet running around, sooner or later somebody would have found a dead one. He's got a good point there. True. The DNR has had cameras in remote locations for years. How come nobody's ever got one on film? Well, there's that famous black and white film of one running away like this. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> when uh, while wildlife biologists say that Bigfoot stories are not founded in scientific evidence, that does not seem to stop those who do believe such creatures exist. A simple Google search will reveal hundreds of reported sightings around the nation and entire websites devoted to the tracking of the creatures. Schneewise said that he was not aware of any sightings or other evidence reports of the existence of Sasquatch creatures out of the Grand Rapids office, but he did say that he was aware of sighting reports in the North Ohm area in the past. Olson, who carefully made plaster reproductions of the giant human-looking prints this week to preserve them, let me stop right there. Because you know, you know what we're headed for here, another Hayward-Muskie controversy. Well, here's why. Uh, there's no evidence in this story that Bob Olson of Deer River is a state DNR official. So, if you come across these tracks, why wouldn't you have had the DNR make the plaster cast and have it analyzed in some lab? Now, this guy, you know, he's going to take it around to the bars. For a peep show. Olson carefully made plaster reproductions of the giant human-looking prints this week to preserve them, and he said that there have been numerous sightings in northern Minnesota, including some on Winnie Dam Lake Road. The self-described enthusiast said that he has heard reports of increased Bigfoot activity in the area for the past two years. He is not the only one who is interested. Local resident Wayne Nelson called in the report of, a, of possible Bigfoot evidence to the newspaper on Monday saying that on his way to go fishing, he saw people taking pictures of the ground between the road and the woods. After pulling over and speaking with the people there, you know what, we're going to have a listener right now email us one of those pictures. Somebody up there is listening that can email us a photo of this mm -hmm. footprint. After pulling over and speaking with the people there, Nelson realized what they were looking at, a 17-inch long track about three-quarters of an inch deep in the dirt. That's a big foot. Yes, it is. Looking like human footprints, but larger and with toes of all the same size. Huh? What, what do you think? I, I was seeing a, a, a peg-legged 
uh, with just a stick on the other one, the big foot, and yeah. then a stick. See, are, are you capable of any uh, romantic affection no. for the possibility? No, I go of, right for the comedy. That's what popped into my head. But, I mean... They're all looking at the one big foot, and nobody notices that, you know, six inches away is just the stick, you know, on the other. <laughs> but, but anyway... You know, I've tried. I bring these things up in a, in a glimmer of uh, hope. You're rooting for the romanticism of the... I want like, there to be a big foot. a Bemidji yeah. and, and Grand Rapids and up to Grand Marais. And you okay. want them here. Okay, that's fine. You got bears down in Rochester. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Oh. You got bears in somebody's backyard in Rochester. Mm-hmm. You got alligators down in uh, Hilton Head knocking on the door and playing peekaboo with the owner. More wildlife. But no, we can't have this, can we? We just have a guy with a stick and a big foot on a, made out of plywood, don't we? I'll read on. Maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll win me over. Looking like human footprints, but larger and with toes of all the same size. There was speculation. That the tracks were not human because human tracks, if they are human, that guy's really got some bad toes. <laughs> because human tracks normally only reach a depth of about one quarter inch, according to Nelson. Now, now, why Wayne Nelson, a guy on his way fishing, would be an expert on the depth of human footprints is beyond me. That's why I say in order to avoid another Hayward area musky-like controversy... Why don't we call the nearest DNR office when we stumble across these things? Have it checked out. The prints, no matter what the source, have generated curiosity, and despite the disbelief of the scientific community, it has done little to sway those who are certain Sasquatch creatures exist. I know exactly what made those footprints. Bigfoot, Olson told the newspaper. Okay. But we haven't engaged the scientists. Why not give them a shot at this? It's just like fishing. It's just like a fishing controversy. Yeah, but if we let the... I want... I want to know where the scientist is at. cut the grass. They'll all want to cut the grass when they see Knack Hardware's line of full-width lawnmowers. Full-width makes tough, durable products that last just about, well, forever. Full-width snowblowers and lawnmowers are Gumption County's number one seller. Why? Because they recognize there's a more for all walks of life. For those in transition from Diversityville or Euphoria, there's the FW10, the standard push mower, easy to use and very environmentally friendly. For the slightly advanced, the FW15 model. This is a 15-horsepower standard no-frills mower, just enough power to get the job done. And for those of you who just can't get enough, Full Width introduces the Elvin Straight Memorial model. This 302-horsepower machine is the Cadillac of riding mowers and comes with these standard options. A fully convertible bimini top, no fewer than six beer can holders, a garage door opener, Twin 42-inch cutting decks, AM-FM stereo cassette with headphones, CD player, cellular phone, air conditioning, and a powerful 302-horsepower six-speed engine. 
These models will sell fast, so get to Knack Hardware right away to guarantee your lawn and more will be the envy of the neighborhood. This season, go with full width lawnmowers. Full width for those who like to know. Hey, who cut the grass? Now I have the uh, Herald Review news story out of the Grand Rapids uh, newspaper website, and it contains the picture of what the uh, some of the guys up there think is uh, Sasquatch. And if that ain't Sasquatch, you hide the women and children. If that's a bear, look out. Or if that's a guy, look out. That is a huge foot. And no, I don't see the uh, stick mark next to it. It's a very interesting picture. And it doesn't... Already linked on our home website. Is it? Yes. You'll have to go to am1500.com. Uh, Mike, or Matt Romanic notes, Joe, uh, both the Dear Reverend Ball Club have plenty of bars and patrons, hence the sightings. <laughs> Yeah, but it's in the newspaper. The picture's in the newspaper. And I believe everything that's in the right, newspaper. Right, it's in the newspaper. It's true, for sure. Andrew. Hey, I'll flash my king. Hail you. I was uh, behind a vehicle today and have a ray of hope. All right. There were four stickers on the back window. Three liberal colleges and the ray of hope. There was Cal State Howard, San Jose State University, and the U of M. And along with them, a garage logic. Here's today's ray of hope. Thank you. You're welcome. That's rare. Are we on in Grand Rapids? Consult the list, please. I was smart enough to put the list right where my ad book is. Grand Rapids, we are not officially in Grand Rapids. Well, it says, Bemidji, my foot, your faithful GL followers from Grand Rapids are here to serve regards Matt Romantic, the guy who just sent me the... The email. Maybe get some bleed over. Well, I believe it. I believe they're up there in the woods. And uh, I, I think I, I believe I, it too. I'm just, you know, uh, it, it's tough to picture, but it's it's certainly. You know what? Happen. It's fun to believe. That's. I think that's what it is. The lake detective has made the local newspapers too. What do we got with the LD? Well, he's made the uh, the news in uh, Lakeville where he's been uh, visiting Round Lake. And uh, the story uh, was posted yesterday. It was sent to me by Ole out in Washington. I don't know. How. Ole must read all the local newspapers. Oh, I'm sure. To slip rammer the local news, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a piece by Carla Wennerstrom, and she uh, she gives Garage Logic its full due here for uh, for. Uh, uh, that's the home, she notes, of the lake detective. He's referred to that uh, in the story. You don't often get that in the paper. No, you have to really get out there in the <laughs> excerpts before the uh, the show gets mentioned by the uh, newspapers. And uh, it says McComas got his nickname from his appearance on the Joe Souchere talk show on AM 1500 KSTP. His affinity for Norrish detective language sh shows in some of the pieces he wrote for Souchere's Garage Logic website. And he, he's been on the website mm -hmm. with some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he writes that Minnesota lakes are as clear as a glass full of gin. 
or its beauty stuck out like a white hat on an undertaker, you know. And uh, he says he enjoys being around the lakes, Steve McComas, because he says, anytime I drive up to a lake, I get that little tingle. Well, you know what that's from? Sure. The long-legged blonde receptionist <laughs> who always accompanies him on his... <laughs> on his and it's, his boat is noted in here that has the GL logo mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, the Eden Prairie City Council approved a proposal from the Lake Detectives Blue Water Science in March to survey plants in the lake and analyze water samples, conduct a fish survey, install barley straw in stormwater ponds for water quality improvement and evaluate goose management alternatives, and uh, the Lake Detective turns all of that work in at an estimated uh, cost of 16960 bucks. So when you hire the Lake Detective, you're getting a pretty reasonable, uh, you're getting a pretty reasonable, you get a, you get a lot of work for a yeah, reasonable fee. Because you know, he, he's never been stumped. His no. success record is off the charts. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see that he's getting, uh, he's getting his recognition. Not to mention he's an award, you know, he's a, he's a champion prize yeah, fighter. A champ. He takes the belt with him on some of these Ooh. missions. Hey, before you continue with Bigfoot. FYI. Yes, FYI. Lee from Grand Rapids chimes in with uh, WNMT 650 in Hibbing is where they catch us in Grand Rapids. Right. Thank you, Hibbing. And uh, joining us now is Bob Olson of Deer River. Bob is quoted in the uh, Grand Rapids Herald Review piece as believing that this is the footprint of uh, Sasquatch. Is that right, Bob? Yes, I do, sir. Now, uh, how did you come to see it, Bob? Did you discover it? No. uh, A Cass County grader operator named Corey Fraser uh, made a first pass on the Six Mile Lake Road. That would be uh, Wednesday the 7th. All right. And when he turned around to catch the other side of the road, he noticed all these deep footprints in the side of the road. So as I understood it, he went to the Bina grocery store, called it in, and one thing led to another. The DNR came out, took numerous uh, photographs, and uh, this thing has really taken off. It's really impressive that these these footprints were so clear and deeply embedded into the Class 5 on the side of the road. Well, see, now you've already answered one of my questions because I was puzzled. The, the story in the uh, newspaper makes it sound as though you were... Now, did you make a plaster impression? Yeah, when I heard about it, I immediately got some stuff ready to make an impression, and I thought if this stuff, if it's really true out there. See, my granddaughter left a message on the phone, said, Grandpa, you got to get out there and look at these footprints, mm-hmm. Bigfoot's out there. Mm-hmm. So I went, and sure enough, I was really impressed, and they, they were, every print was a little bit different. You could see where the foot had actually moved. Maybe one toe was a little deeper in one print than the other. And uh, I made, actually, I made two uh, plaster, uh, four plaster casts and two, Casts out of thinned body filler. Would the DNR have made similar casts? I heard that uh, several days after I did it, somebody made some plaster casts. Now, I think there was some private people that did that. There was one guy up here from UFO and Mysterious Sightings and another uh, guy out of uh, Nashwalk that came, and I believe they made a couple casts, but by then they were so degraded that they didn't show the detail that mine do. Are they gone now, Bob? Yeah, they're gone. Are they graded or just drained out? Or they're no, just... they're... Well, the prints are still there, but they're so bad that you can't really see any detail. But uh, the Native Americans have been going up there and making tobacco offerings in the footprints. There's a, My wife was up there today to show my grandson, and there's a uh, either a front or a hind quarter of a deer in a plastic bag hanging from a tree with the foot hoof sticking out. So they're taking it pretty serious up here, the Natives. Would that 
what what's the significance of the deer? Is that a is that well, a, it's kind of a food offering, I would okay, imagine. Okay. Uh, they believe it to be a, a omen of, of bad fortune. They call it the Windigo. Oh, okay. Uh, an interdimensional shape shifting entity that can come and go at will, that uh, foretells doom. Oh, great. And uh, so they're they respect it and they're afraid of it. Are and, you? Pardon? Are you? No. Do you believe that such a creature exists? With all the reports all over the nation for so many years, I, I do. I really do. And if you were to look at these actual casts, it, it, you just can't believe what you're looking at. Well, and have you seen anything like it before? I have never seen anything like this before. Could it be I a big bear? Big Pardon? Could it be a giant bear? No. These prints are 15 inches long and 7 inches wide, and they look basically like a human footprint. And what separates them from a human footprint is the toe next to the big toe is almost the same size as the big toe, mm -hmm. which supposedly is, is correct for a big footprint or a big foot beast because that has to help carry the weight. Uh, you said uh, it was a grader named Corey? Corey Fraser. He's the Cascone grader operator that first saw this stuff. Okay, we have him joining us now, too. Rook, can you secure Bob so we don't lose him? And... And then how can I bring Corey up? Bob, are you still there? I'm here. Okay, and we'll bring up uh, Corey. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Corey Fraser, do you two know each other? No, no I, I have no idea who he is. Okay, well, uh, Corey, you're accredited with uh, Bob Olson here as the first to discover these prints. Can you tell us uh, how this came to be? Well, I was uh, grading the right side of the road, and I started tilling up these auto-ordinary prints, I suppose you call them. Mm-hmm. So I stopped the grader, jumped out, and uh, didn't have a camera or nothing, so I called my good friend of mine down the road, uh, owns Cherney's Resort, Joe Cherney, who come out, brought his digital camera. We took, I don't know, 20, 25 pictures of him, took the ruler out. His wife has a size 12 foot, and we put that inside of one of the tracks, and it absolutely dwarfed it. I mean, it was... It was I've, been, I've, I've hunted all my life. I've never seen nothing like it. You never accidentally shot his wife, did you? <laughs> <laughs> a size 12? Uh, I probably should have said that on the air. No, but. no. <laughs> but, but you were, you, Corey, as, as it has Bob has been, you were impressed. Yeah, it was, uh, I would have never called, I would have just graded them. Right. If, uh, if they were just ordinary footprints to me, but... Corey Fraser, where do you live, Corey? I live in Cass Lake, Minnesota. And uh, Bob, you're in Deer River. Bob, what do you do for a living? I own a Olson Auto Body in Deer River. Bob, how old are you? I'm 56. Corey, how old are you? I'm 29. Is this the talk of the region? Yes, uh, it is. Yes, I guess it is. Let me play devil's advocate. Was there a second? We got Corey's cell phone getting a lot of wind, don't we? That's perfect right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was there a second print? In other words, a walking motion with two feet with a left and a right. Did you see that? There were about ten of them. Oh, okay. Yes. And uh, let me play devil's advocate for a moment. Uh, Corey, prior to this, were you a believer in Sasquatch? Absolutely not. Are you now? I'm leaning that way. Why, uh, the DNR uh, uh, does ask a good question, Bob and or Corey. How come no one's ever seen a dead one? 
Uh, well, that's a good question. Yeah, no my idea. belief is that this thing is so elusive and, and nocturnal and can hide in some of the densest stuff imaginable that, you know, it's very easy for something like this to stay hidden. And if you believe what the natives believe, that this is an interdimensional shape-shifting entity that will never be seen, never be caught, mm -hmm. that is the Wendigo, and it's the portent of, of uh, doom. And so I don't tend to believe that. I believe it's a, a cryptozoological bipedal hominid that is undiscovered. That's what I believe. Well, I would tend to lean that way as well. I mean, uh, there's not there's not six weeks that go by in this radio show and we don't find some fascinating story of a new island discovered in the South Pacific. Absolutely. I, I like to give the example of uh, Central Park in New York. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a quite a large park. And not too many years ago, a small hermit shack was discovered in Central Park, and the guy claimed he had been there 20 years and nobody knew it. <laughs> so... You think about the vast wilderness area that this thing could be in, it's it's very believable to me. you got to understand, Joe, that this this is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's the nearest civilized place is three miles down the road. Well, Corey, Corey described this, uh, what's it called, Six Mile Road? Six Mile Lake Road, yeah. Six Mile Lake Road, uh, pinpoint that for us. Where is it? It, it would be about... Four miles east of Bina, Minnesota, which is about 25 miles east of Cass Lake. Okay. About 20, 25 miles north of of Walker. Oh, uh, well, then I can. Well, then we're above Leech Lake, then, right? You're above Leech Lake, yes. All right. And that's about 15 miles west of Deer River on Highway Two. Yes. What, what county are we in? Cass. Yes. Cass County, and uh, have you either of you been contacted by anyone in the national media? No, absolutely. not yet. But uh, my sister emailed my mother and said that uh, NBC has picked it up, and then it's on the internet, and it's out in Seattle and all over the place, all over the nation now. So I really don't know. I haven't been contacted by anybody yet, but it's national now, I guess, on the internet. If if you saw two prints, you saw what presumably was a left foot and a right foot. How oh, yeah. far, how far apart are they? There, there were a couple in. Uh, I'm six two, and there was they weren't long, real long strides. But they were a couple inches longer than me. And the left foot was in the hard pack of the road. The right foot was your prominent step down. But the left foot only sunk in. I don't know. It was wet that day, so it was probably sunk in half inch. Yeah, it wasn't very much. I took a measurement from the of all the right prints from the like the toe of the right print to the heel of a right print, and you were roughly three feet. Mm -hmm. Right, and then the center print, of course, was in between. So the, the actual stride wasn't that much different from a human walk. Right, right. So it wasn't a big stride. Uh, Corey, take us through this again. You're driving a grader. What yeah. you got? You got your head out the window, or uh, no, no, no. I got the AC on. Everything's closed up, and I got um. What I'm doing is um, grading dirt from one side of the road, smoothing out over the other to, to keep the road smooth. Right, and um. Coming along on the right side of the road, and uh, this road has a lot of pine needles in it, so I kind of berm them up on one side. Well, I started bringing these this berm to the other side of the road, and I started realizing I'm bringing up some kind of track. Mm -hmm. So then I stop. I brought up about four of them that I absolutely destroyed, mm -hmm. and I get out, and that's when I realize that. It was either Shaquille O'Neal walking out there or, <laughs> or what, something. And, and they were walking in the direction of what of what would be what, a stand of trees? 
It, what it looked like to me was it come out of the edge of one side of the swamp, walked down the road to clear the swamp, and walked across the road into the other side. Mm-hmm. But by the time I went back there the next day, there had been so many, so much traffic and 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 human print that because the word had gotten out. Yes, the word had gotten out very quickly. And while I was standing there, a conservation officer walked up, mm-hmm. and he. He would not give me an answer either way. First, he said a bear. Oh, I've seen many bear tracks. I've never seen anything like this. No. Yeah. What will, will both of you now uh, pursue this, or just enjoy the adventure from afar? Or uh, Bob, you seem to be uh, a hobbyist. Would that be a way to put well, it? Well, I've been uh, kind of listening to reports of, of actual sightings in this area for quite some time. The uh, uh, south of Bemidji in a town named Neri, there mm-hmm. was a sighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knutson Dam, Pennington area of some sightings. Uh, Winnie Dam Road sightings. Uh, Cass River, whatever that is, I guess that's Cass Lake over by Knutson sightings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we've got uh, Six Mile, and uh, I actually had a, a gentleman call me. He's a native. The gentleman called me and said there was another sighting last night of the creature. Uh, he said it's a, there's another side road closer to Bina, mm-hmm. that there was a sighting down there. Now, if that's true, he's moved a mile or two west. But now, whether that's the same sighting and, you know, people are running with this thing and you're going to get false reports coming in too, you know. Are, are either of you going to actively march through the woods and look for this thing? No. I, I think that would be futile. All right. Absolutely not. Right. Hell, I forgot about it until I heard you talking about it, and I thought I'd better call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus, you know what? I'd be afraid I'd find it. <laughs> well, I don't know what to, what to think, but, you know, it, I'm interested in this, and I've been interested in the unknown, and, and of all these reports coming in of actual eyewitness people, and I have talked to Native people that have actually seen this, who stepped right out in front of them in the car and was standing in the road at night right in front of the car. And by native people, you mean Indian people? Yeah, Chippewa people, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, and the, the, the students at the bug school, the Bugwanejishik school, are all talking about it. And a lot of their family have seen it, and a lot of those kids have seen it up in that area. So mm-hmm. it's very common up in that area. A lot of people have seen this creature. And one of the last reports, it was standing by a clothesline twirling a clothespin, like mm-hmm. it was playing with a clothespin. And I've heard that now from five different individuals in the last week about the clothespin twirling Bigfoot around the area. So, Well, I thank you both for joining us. If you ever see it, please call us back. Absolutely. All right, Corey, thank you. Bob, thank you. Corey Frazier, Bob Olson, Garage Logic will be back in a moment. This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. Okay, draw your own conclusions from that one. That is your Garage Logic Best of. I almost forgot. How could I forget? You've waited long enough, waited all week, made it through a best, two best of Garage Logics. The Sand is proud to present a wonderful new show A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band. And the man is Joe Suchere.
Hey now. Huh? Huh? Yeah. How did all these people get in my room? Well, there you have it. Your best of Garage Logic. Say, uh, now some housekeeping. Thank you to all of our sponsors over the uh, podcast the last year plus. And there's a lot more to come. If you want to catch up on some of those back podcasts, you may go to garagelogic.com. That's garagelogic.com. You can find out what Greg Holcomb has created with his cartoons. You can see what's on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. And basically, you can find out everything about Garage Logic. And that reminds me. I do need to remind you guys to listen to Table Talk with Rookie's Family. It's a real podcast for the six of us, four kids, mom and I, sit around and we talk about stuff. It's not Garage Logic, but it's a little bit lighter and a little more fun. And uh, you've grown up with so many of these kids over the years. Uh, and McLaren just got her first teaching job in the St. Paul School District, so we're really excited for that as well. Here we go. Uh, table Talk with Rookie's Family. Look for it. Garage Logic. That's on Podcast One, Apple iTunes. Rate us. Catch you next time. Garage Logic Podcast. We'll see you.